Well, it is my great pleasure to introduce you to a man you probably don't need to be introduced to. Um, I've been, uh, uh, have the pleasure of getting to know Matt and his wife, Cindy. Um, they are missionaries. They have been in a considerable amount of time in Albania and in Greece most recently, and they are here to take care of family. Would love to be in Greece right now, I'm sure. Um, so uh, Matt told me, uh, I told him, you better not um, make me regret having you preach. And uh, his response was, that's what I do best, is making people regret. Uh, I'm actually not worried. So um, I am uh, thankful uh, to have you, Matt. Thank you for uh, preaching and bringing us the word on uh, World Mission Sunday. I would like to invite you to stick around. Matt and Cindy will be talking during our fellowship hour about their ministry. And uh, I would love for you to learn more about it. So without further ado, we will hear you gladly. Okay, thank you. You can be seated. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your goodness to us. Um, sometimes we're a little baffled that you would choose to use people like us to accomplish your plan for this world. And yet that's exactly what you did. So Lord, as we uh, talk about that this evening, I pray that you would uh, continue to do the things that only you can do. And we pray that you would call out people from this fellowship to go out as missionaries. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, years ago, I heard somebody introduce a speaker and they said, you know, I'd, I'd really, I'd rather hear this guy preach than eat. And then he said, I've heard him eat before. <laughs> now he regrets it. Okay. So I think pretty much everybody knows us, but just in case, I'm Matthew Wright. It's my wife, Cindy, sitting back there. Our daughter has come. I'm not going to make her stand up because I promised him years ago that I wouldn't do that as often as many missionaries do when they speak in churches. And so um, anyway, we, as Ben said, we were missionaries in Albania um, for a little over nine years. We started in missions back in 1999. If you want to count our support raising time, we started back in 1997 and spent many years in Albania. We had a, a break in the middle of the time that we were there in Albania, and that kind of plays into the story of how we're in the ministry that we're in right now. Um, but then from 2005 until 2012, we served in Albania, came back to the States for a little while and kind of changed the focus of our ministry, and then moved uh, back to Albania and shifted down to Greece, and we were there until 2019. And uh, we've been back in the States now, caring for elderly parents since 2019 and uh, continuing to do the ministry that we were doing over in Greece. Uh, we're very grateful that the ministry that the Lord has really called us to is something that we can do here as well as there. And we'll talk more about that if you guys don't mind me talking to you while you eat. Um, you, you'd probably rather hear yourself eat than hear me speak. But, you know, we'll, we'll just go ahead and, and talk more about that in the next section of the, the evening. Um, this Sunday being World Missions Sunday, I don't know. We, so we attended an Anglican church while we were on the island of Corfu in Greece. So for the five years that we were there, we, we attended the Anglican church. And um, the minister there was very gracious and would let me preach about once a quarter. And so I, I came to sort of love and hate the, um, the lectionary because sometimes 
the different passages in the lectionary don't really seem like they go well together. And trying to figure out how to bring them all together can be really challenging. This is probably one of the few Sundays in the lectionary that all of the texts come together and it's really easy to tie them together. So thank you for allowing me to have this week. Um, I I really appreciate it. It just makes my job a whole lot easier. It's also great that I get to speak about something that I'm pretty passionate about. Not only have we been missionaries for the better part of the last 25 years, but I actually grew up on the mission field. My parents were missionaries in Australia for about 30 years. My dad was a church planter. And um, as I was growing up, I got to watch him plant churches. And then when I got a little bit older, I got to actually help with just the nitty gritty work of planting a church. And that may be part of why we feel so well connected here as a, as a new church plant and, and just being able to pitch in and, and do the things that need to be done. It's, it's been very welcoming for us. Um, if you go back and look at the text that we had tonight, you can see that from the very first book of the Bible, God is talking about all the nations being blessed. For, after sin came, then God promised that there would be a redeemer. And then through the line of Abraham, the, all the nations of the earth were going to be blessed. Then you see it again through the Psalms. And even in the hard passages in the prophets, over and over again, as, as God is calling the nation of Israel to repentance and coming back into relationship with him, he says over and over again, I'm doing this so that the world will know that I am God. And that's something that obviously is very clear and very dear to God's heart. The promise of blessing the world through Abraham actually came through Jesus. When Jesus paid the price for us and made the way for us to be reconciled to God on the cross, that is where the promise was fulfilled. And now the job is getting the word out. Um, I, I confession here. I am really bad at reading sermon notes. Okay, so normally I just go with bullet points and I just talk. But I'm trying to stick pretty close here because of time. Our services in Albania would usually go about two hours. Um, and, and so I'm trying to respect the, the 20 minutes here. When we look in the last book of the Bible, the, the re- reading that we just had from Revelation, we see that group from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. Now, I don't know about you guys. How, well, first of all, how many of you have traveled outside of the United States? Okay. How many of you have had to function in a different language? Or you were, okay. Yeah, it was quite a few. How many of you love to hear all the other different languages? How many of it does it drive you crazy because you don't understand what they're saying? Sometimes, yeah. I have this sense that when we stand before the throne of God and we hear people from every tribe and tongue and nation praising him, whether we understand the language or not, we're going to know what they're saying. It makes me wonder sometimes if, if we're going to have just one language, God will unite us with one language, or if we'll just 
be able to understand all those different languages, or if it's just going to be a matter of we're going to understand the heart behind what they're saying. We've been blessed and been able to, to worship with people in lots of different places and lots of different languages. And worship comes through whether you understand the language or not. And so I look forward to that day. I think it's going to be an amazing time. So how do we get there? How do we get from the cross to the throne room of God where every tribe and every tongue and every nation is represented? Well, Jesus gave us instructions just before he left. He asked his disciples to meet him on a mountain. And then some of the last things he said to them were what we had in our gospel reading. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Now, in the original Greek, the word go is not in a command form. In the original Greek, it could be, it, it could be better translated as you are going. So what does that mean for us? As we are going through our day, day by day, we can do what Jesus has commanded us here. The actual command is make disciples. And how do we make disciples? By baptizing them and by teaching them everything that Jesus taught his disciples. So as we are going, we are all, as disciples of Jesus, to be making more disciples. Jesus later said, or if you look in the first chapter of Acts, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So what does a witness do? A witness just talks about the things that they have seen, the things that have happened to them. I just finished a month of of, uh, jury duty. Um, Thankfully, I never had to serve on a jury, but they kept calling me in, and you'd have to sit through the the process and and everything. One of the times they said, okay, these are going to be the witnesses that are going to be in this trial do any of you have any problems with the police? Because it was four police on this side that were testifying and another police officer um, testifying for the defense because it was a police officer that was being tried. So the witnesses were all there. If God has done anything in your life, you can be a witness to what God has done in your life. Now, you can be a witness in Jerusalem, or you can be a witness in Judea, or in Samaria, or in the uttermost parts of the earth. But we can all be witnesses. It's easy enough for us to do the the Jerusalem and Judea stuff, right? It's, It's easy enough for us to be witnesses to what God has done here in Jackson, or maybe in all of Madison County. When I think about the, the different locales that are mentioned in that text, Samaria was where the, where the enemies were. Do we ever think about being witnesses to the people that are not like us, 
to the people that we would not normally associate with. That's an area that we need to be witnesses to as well. And then there are some that God calls to be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth, to the ends of the earth. The Apostle Paul talks about this in uh, Romans chapter 10. He's just established that salvation comes through belief in Jesus Christ. And then he says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So it seems pretty obvious from this text that there are some that are actually sent out in order to preach the good news. And that's where we get the concept of missionaries. We, we are witnesses where we are. When we are sent out to another place, to another people group, then we're missionaries. Um, it's, it's leaving what is known and going into the unknown for the sake of the gospel. Now, I don't know about you guys. I grew up in church. My, like I said, my dad was a missionary. Um, before that, he was a pastor. So I can't remember a time in my life where I was not in church and where I was not hearing missionary stories. And one of the highlights of the year for me was always missions conference week because we would have all these different missionaries in and they would tell these amazing stories of things that had happened on the mission field. And when I was about 10, I told everybody that when I grew up, I was going to be a mishdok pie. You guys don't know what that is? No, I, I, I wanted to be a mishdok pie, a missionary doctor pilot. I wanted all the, the best of all of the worlds, right? I wanted to be, because I'd heard these stories at missions conferences, these guys in these small planes, and they're flying over the jungle, and then they land on this tiny little airstrip in the middle of the jungle, and they had medical doctors with them. And so they would go in and they would treat the chief. The chief would get happy because he wasn't feeling bad anymore. They'd share the gospel. The whole village would come to Christ. They'd get in their plane and take off. And they'd fly off into the sunset with this massive storm coming behind them. And they just managed to get back to their home base. And it sounded so exciting and so amazing. And that's what I wanted to do. Life has turned out a little different than that. But... Many of us, I think, have this really glamorous view of what a missionary is. We, we think about, oh, you know, these guys are going off and they go to these different countries and they have all these fantastic experiences and they eat this exotic food. And can I just tell you from experience, it's really not that glamorous. Um, it gets tiring to fly in airplanes a lot. Um, Sometimes that exotic food that you get to eat is just a little bit too exotic. <laughs> um, yeah, when, during those missions conferences, they would always ask them, or they would have a, an, an evening where missionaries would answer questions. And, of course, the, the younger guys in the, mission, or in, the, in the Sunday school classes, they would always ask about, are there poisonous snakes where they are? And what's the weirdest food that you've eaten? that all contributes to a really warped view of what a missionary's life is like. Missionaries experience all the same things that you guys do, that we all do. They're not super Christians. They're not just 
constantly, always, perfectly in harmony with God. They're just normal, everyday people that have yielded their lives to the Lord and said, I'll be your witness out there instead of being your witness here. And because they're just regular, normal people, they really need our prayers. So I want to wrap this up by giving you guys some really practical ways to be praying for missionaries. Okay? Hopefully I'm not running out of time. I need a a couple of volunteers to help me, though. This may be the first time you've ever come to church and been given money. Okay? So hand, hand one of these out to everybody. What they're doing is they're handing out pennies. And this is, the, this is the crowd participation part of the sermon, okay? What is a penny? What do we, what do we call a penny? One cent. What is a missionary? A missionary is one cent. So whenever you see pennies, I want you to be praying for missionaries. You say, okay, Matt, well, that's, that's fine. That's easy enough. But how do, we, how do we know how to pray for missionaries? If you look at the penny that's in your hand, I'm going to tell you some stuff that's on that penny that will be good prompts to help you remember how to pray for missionaries. First of all, at the top on the front, it says, in God we trust. Now, hopefully all of us are trusting God. Missionaries are trusting God as well for all kinds of different things and things that maybe we don't stop and think about. Oh, you can yeah. So different things that missionaries are trusting God to provide. They're trusting God to provide finances. They're trusting God to provide friends in this new place that they go. They're trusting God to find a, a place to live. But believe it or not, there are not real estate agents in every country. Uh, it can be tricky finding a place to live that is going to be suitable for your family. They're trusting God for protection. Not every place that missionaries go is safe. Some of the places you think are not safe are probably safer than Jackson, Tennessee because of the culture, though. But they're still trusting God for safety. They're trusting God to take care of the family and friends that they leave behind. That may be one of the hardest things that missionaries have to deal with. And um, we'll talk more a little bit more about that later on. Um, But what are some other things that you guys can think of that maybe they're trusting God for? A harvest, exactly. Fruit for their ministry. So they're, they're trusting God for lots of different things. And as you sit and think about it while you're praying for missionaries, just ask the Lord to bring to mind things that you can be praying. Also on the front of your penny, it says liberty. So what has liberty got to do with missions? Well, when Jesus started his, his ministry, he preached from the scroll of Isaiah. And he said that... God had anointed him to preach liberty to the captives. That's the same message that missionaries have. They're taking the message of freedom in Christ and liberty from our sin out into a world that is bound up in sin. So as they preach that message of liberty, pray that that message would be received. Another thing, the Apostle Paul asks folks to be praying for him 
that he would be able to speak boldly. So pray that they would have the liberty to be able to speak. I, I, this past week, I noticed on my dad's prayer card that, that he would give out was praying for, for freedom to be able to speak the message boldly. So we're praying for liberty. Um, <clears throat> who is the best in the room at eighth grade civics? And barring that, where are my Latin scholars? I know there's a couple of Latin scholars over here. On the back of the penny, it says, E pluribus unum. Who knows what that means? Out of many, one. Well, what, how does that apply to missions? Actually, it applies two ways. I'm glad you asked. First of all, out of many in a local body, in a local church, God may call one family or one person to send them out to, to be missionaries to the uttermost parts. So be praying that God would send out more missionaries from our church. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. So we need to be praying that more missionaries would be sent out. But then the other side of that, the flip side of that is out of many, all the peoples of the world, all the nations of the earth, God is building his kingdom. He is bringing everybody together in one body, one body that will one day stand before his throne with United voices, and who knows how many languages, but every tribe, tongue, nation, and people will be represented to be one body. So pray that more people would come to know Christ and then pray for unity within the body of Christ. Um, last, well, two more, two more things on your penny. If you, what I want you to do when you go home, take out some other coins. Don't be digging in your pockets now unless you're going to put it in the offering plate here in a minute. But if you look at all the other coins, and especially the older models of these coins, there's two things that you notice that the penny is different. What's the first one? This is the one that everybody gets. What color is the penny? Copper. And what, what color are the others? They're all silver. The penny stands out. Missionaries stand out in the places where they go. Okay? Um, we went to Albania and to Greece. And even though we have light skin and look, we thought, like everybody around us, um, we didn't. By our clothes in Albania, just by the way we walked, people could tell that we were not locals. And then as soon as we opened our mouths, then all doubt went out the window. But missionaries don't always look like the people that they go to serve. In fact, most of the time, they don't look like them. They stand out. That can be hard. That can be wearing after a while. So just pray that the Lord would give them confidence, even though they stand out, to be able to continue to serve in those cultures. Um, the other part of that is that... Um, they need to be able to identify with the people that they're serving. And so they may stand out at the beginning, but one of the things that's been really cool for us in, in our years of service is meeting some missionaries that have been in their culture so long that they have almost completely enculturated and look and sound just like the people that they're there to serve. Now, that's not always possible, 
but pray that they would be able to identify with the people they're going to serve. And then um, another thing that you'll notice is that Lincoln's head is facing one direction. All the other coins face the opposite direction. As Christians, we're not headed the same direction as the rest of the world. We have turned from our sin and we're, we're moving in a different direction to follow Christ. Pray that the people that, they're, that missionaries are going to serve would choose to turn and follow Christ in the same way. Um, I'm going to stop right there because I have a feeling that my time is up. But um, be praying for missionaries. We need it. And we appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you, Matt.